You are listening to Innovators Can Laugh with Eric Melcher, where I dive into the interesting and fascinating stories of innovators and startup founders from Europe. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. My guest today is Dr. Monica Pau, Associate Professor and CEO and co-founder of Kazime, which aims to develop new discoveries, innovative applications, and top quality research in the field of genetics. Dr. Pau, how are you today? Hi, hello. Good. I'm good. Thank you. All right. Pleasure to have you here. I'd like to get started with uh, some questions that reveal a little bit about your personality. So the first question is, what song do you have memorized, Dr. Paul? A song that you can see over, you can sing it over and over again in the car, in the shower. You never get tired of it. <laughs> I would say Bob Marley, uh, No Woman, No Cry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, do you remember the first time you, you heard that song that you started listening to that song? Oh, I actually uh, discovered uh, Bob Marley, I think, uh, in my early teenage years. Uh, but I uh-huh. actually, um, well, I'm always very much into lyrics. And uh, I, I found his lyrics uh, really meaningful. So, yeah. <laughs> So I'm uh, quite uh, a long-time listener to, I mean, all kinds of music, but lyrics is the most important for me. Okay. Now, were you influenced to listen to him from your friends, or was maybe your dad or your mom also into Barmali? Oh, no. My my parents are quite <laughs> traditional people, and um, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually um, quite a late child, uh, so yeah. <laughs> There is a big generational gap between us. Uh, so I'm not sure how I found Bob Marley, but I think I was just looking for, you know, something uh, positive, uh, but at the same time, meaningful and different from what everybody was listening to. <laughs> okay. Okay. Second question for you, Dr. Paul. A very serious question here. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Oh, <laughs> fruits belong everywhere. <laughs> Either it's pizza or pasta, whatever. I love all kinds of fruits and I always eat at least one fruit after each meal. So it belongs everywhere. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Okay. You can't argue against that answer. Okay. And uh, third question here, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Okay, I would say to make people happy by whatever makes them happy. Okay. <laughs> okay, who would be the first person you would try to make happy if you had a superpower? Oh, my son. <laughs> he's my little drama queen. He's seven years old, but he's so concerned about everything in the world that to yeah. make him happy, I mean, that. Uh, impossible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, take us back to your childhood. Did you have any hobbies or interests uh, when you were growing up as a kid? Yes. Uh, I was a heavy reader. I read books since I was four years old. You see, I have glasses. That's because I was reading everywhere, even in the buses, trolley buses, whatever, uh, you know, in light, <laughs> in dark. <laughs> So, yes, that's what was my hobby that took a lot of my time. Okay. What was what was one of your favorite books as a kid growing up uh, or favorite authors? I actually read 
most of the kids' books very early in my life. So, I mean, I was not even in the teenage years when I started to read, like, grown-up books. And, for example, mm -hmm. in my early teenage years, I read all the books of uh, Hermann Hesse, which are quite oh, yeah. books. I mean, complicated books. And you know, Siddhartha, right? Yes, Siddhartha. Yes, Narcissus and Goldman. Yes, a yeah. lot of them. I I still have the whole collection, <laughs> and now both yeah. in Lithuanian and in English. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, my uh, book book's taste was uh, quite sophisticated, I would say. Yeah, no, he was one of my favorite authors growing up too. So that that's 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 pretty cool. Okay, let's jump into academia. You have a bachelor, a bachelor's degree in international economics, a master's degree in international business, a PhD in marketing. Okay. After that, after university, or maybe during university, take that back, you took on a few roles, a few roles such as project manager. And then you also began lecturing at Vilnius University. Was this something you did on the side when you began lecturing in addition to your job? Oh yes, I'm always doing many things in parallel. So I'm 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 not a heavy sleeper. I don't sleep much. <laughs> so uh, yes, I was actually working from um, very early years of my bachelor studies. Uh, I mean, that's how I wanted to get you know some practical knowledge, uh, but also to find my way. Uh, and yes, I did uh, still work in industry and did my PhD and did some uh, lecturing because, yeah, I was very much uh, eager to do that from quite early age to be a lecturer, a professor. Okay. What was one of the favorite courses that you lectured in the past? So I mainly mainly teach uh, marketing, um, but uh, uh, also due to my uh, practical professional experience. I also teach uh, innovations, technology transfer. So uh, yeah, this, this is one of the topics that I really enjoy to, to, to teach about. Okay. okay. Um, a while back, I, I served as an adjunct professor for, for one year, for two semesters. And on my very first lecture, I'll never forget, I had an embarrassing moment. It doesn't happen often, but sometimes my right eye will start to tear. And that happened during the class. 30 minutes into the class, you know, I was confident. I knew that what I wanted to lecture about. I was excited and everything was going great. And then all of a sudden, this embarrassing moment started to happen. Question for you is, did you ever have an embarrassing moment when you were lecturing a class? Did something ever come up that was quite memorable and you wish that it didn't? I would say uh, for me, embarrassing was when I did teach for a big auditorium, like 200 students. And wow. in the morning or even during the classes, you realize that you have some kind of flu and you are losing your voice or you are, you know, talking like through your nose and, and you do that through microphone. And that's super annoying for those who have to listen. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> that was the lesson I learned that, I mean, if you are even a little bit sick, you can't do, yeah. you know, those big lectures with microphone because just yeah, 
people don't deserve to listen to you in this kind of way. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a picturing, you know, you blowing your nose like near the microphone and how loud that could be <laughs> and annoying. Okay. Now that was maybe one of your most embarrassing moments, but what, what is, what was one of your best memories when you were lecturing a class, you know, was it, was there a certain class that everybody just seemed to click and there was good collaboration and camaraderie? Do you remember a specific class or memory, Dr. Powell? Uh, well, I would say one of the first uh, years when I was teaching, um, the difference between uh, me and my students was not <laughs> very big <laughs> uh, from the age perspective, maybe several years. And I yeah. know that then I feel, felt really like, you know, like a team member with them and, and they were developing their marketing ideas and their marketing plans. And, uh, you know, it was very much like, uh, uh, I'm really a part of that and, and one of them. And they really got re really, really inspired. And uh, I still keep quite, okay. uh, you know, contacts with, with those uh, well, one of cool. the first uh, uh, of my students' classes. Very cool. Very, very cool. Okay. Um, also, at Vilnius University, you took on the role uh, of head of innovations, the head of innovations office. What was that like? Were, were, were there any startups to come out of that department? Tell us more about yes. that experience. Uh, when I joined Vilnius University for, for this innovations First of all, innovations manager. Then, then uh, I I founded the whole department and led it for several years. Uh, there was like zero of understanding what what is innovation, how to transfer uh, academic results into practice, how to do technology transfer, what is the company and how it is founded, and then how the researchers can can found the companies how collaborations with business happens, like agreements and all things like that. So yeah, it was a very challenging position and uh, very rewarding because uh, all the first startups that came, well, officially came from Vilnius uh, University was that when uh, I was leading this innovation department and some of them are extremely successful now. Even such areas, for example, as space technologies, nobody believed that <laughs> oh, these guys can do something in the space industry in Lithuania. They are now <laughs> extremely <laughs> successful. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> that was always my job to encourage people really uh, to pursue, you know, this uh, um, business career coming from academia. All right. All right. Okay. Let's jump into two companies you co-founded. The first one is Poly Tech, which is a platform that kids can explore different subjects related to STEM. And then of course there's Kazine, which aims to develop new discoveries and innovation in the field of CRISPR-Cas system. I don't even know if I said that correctly. <laughs> CRISPR-Cas system. Okay, the question I have for you is what's harder, raising a seven-year-old child or launching two startups? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it depends. <laughs> Sometimes one day it's, it's uh, a seven-year-old child, the other day it's uh, one or another company. Uh, actually, uh, the business that we do at Kazime with this uh, CRISPR-Cas gene editing technology is very challenging because it's the field of gene editing. It's evolving extremely quickly and, and a lot of 
uh, companies and universities are working in the field. And, and as I say, like every day I wake up and maybe something already is done in the field and we have changed our strategy and so on and so forth. So that's challenging. But, you know, the same with the kid. And <laughs> The kid wakes up and you never know what the day will be. And uh, Polytech is still at the quite early stage. We are developing the platform and um, building the whole business model of uh, online and offline solutions for for the kids related to STEM education and uh, some entertainment activities. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. I've got two little ones myself. And so when the platform's ready, I would love for them to take a look at it. When you tell people about this platform, when you tell teachers, parents, maybe even kids, what is, what is something that they get really excited about when you share um, the details about the, the platform and what it's going to do? Uh, they are mostly excited that it combines uh, education with a game because kids, uh, they don't actually want to learn. They want to play and the parents want to, that their kids learn. So if they can find a solution where they know that their kids are learning, but the kids actually are thinking that they're playing, that's a great yeah. solution. And that's uh, what we are actually building. Uh, and yeah, uh, we, we really think it will make an impact for, for the kids' education, but okay. <laughs> yeah, also free time. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, and let's go back. One quick question about Kazime. It seems that maybe the most difficult part about launching Kazime is not necessarily maybe the, the team itself, maybe fundraising. It seems like the most difficult aspect is the innovation that's just happening across the, across the industry uh, and other competitors. Would that be the case? I, uh, yes, I would totally agree that uh, this, uh, R&D part, the bringing research to innovations uh, to the market is really uh, the most complicated and the most competitive. Because, yes, it's hard to keep the team because the team really needs to have a very specific competences and knowledge. But uh, I think uh, we are doing good (laughs) at the team formation part, but but also very much... uh, moving forward with uh, with our business. Okay, great, great. Uh, okay, you're juggling multiple things, you know, your family, your startups, lecturing. What are some strategies that you use to be productive and just have a good work-life balance? That's always a challenge, but I have learned that I need to say no quite often uh, because, you know, I've when people find the person who is capable of doing many things quickly and of the great quality, they are usually <laughs> very much <laughs> want to, to, to use your competences and uh, not, not always would be for, for my benefit. So I really set up boundaries and certain rules. Uh, I do not like to have long meetings. I really want to be to the point, you know, just uh, focusing on the most important things. And uh, also uh, to have some time, you know, for doing sports. I'm really quite heavily into art. So find time to make art, find time to, you know, just not to think about all the other things that uh, they have to think during the daytime. Okay, great, great. Last question for you. Is there any question you wish I had asked you? Hmm. Uh, 
Maybe something about Lithuania. <laughs> I want to uh, do some marketing <laughs> for Lithuania. <laughs> Why should people visit Lithuania? Because it's a beautiful country. We have beautiful seaside. We have amazing lakes and forests. But also, you know, all those who are founding the startups consider coming to Lithuania because we really have very smart people here very close community, very close relationship with actually our government, which is very supportive. So really a great place to work and a great place to find, you know, this uh, life balance in general. So yeah, I want to do some marketing for Lithuania. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I hear. I hear it's just a very beautiful country. I do plan on visiting in the near future. And as you said, uh, the startup scene and startup visa is one of the best out there. I think maybe only Canada has a more friendlier startup visa, but it is a very friendly um, startup visa for entrepreneurs that are looking to start a business abroad. So Dr. Monica Powell, thank you so much for being a guest on Innovators Can Laugh. For everybody uh, tuning in, I will talk to you next week with another amazing startup founder from Lithuania, from that beautiful country up in Northern Europe. Thank you so much, Dr. Powell. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, I'd really appreciate it if you could give us a review and star rating. Also, don't forget to sign up for the ICO newsletter at innovatorscanlaugh.com where you can get the bio and details of each guest. Thanks. Thanks.